snares fresh. Yeah, Mariah snares all the way through this thing right here, man. Drum section wheezy, baby. Tess. I said, if I, if I had a sister and she was trying to date you, I just had to just beat you up. <sighs> nah, you thought you think you just gonna beat me up. Shit ain't sweet. <laughs> no, shit, shit is not sweet, my nigga. <laughs> hey man, whatever help you sleep at night. <laughs>
at midnight, you're looking at a, a whole day of freezing temperatures, and then it starts to pick back up by Thursday, Friday, and then we res- we we pretty much return back to normalcy next weekend. We're looking at 70s, 73, yeah, yeah. So back, back to your regularly scheduled spot <laughs> activities. There you go. And uh, from what I saw the other night, they was they were still out there thotting regardless, and it was 35 degrees last night. <laughs> as a long little, as, as, a little as long cold don't stop as, no show, baby. Oh no, I've always said that I actually the thoughts when they come out when it's extra cold, it's almost like they put extra thought into the thoughtery that they like to display. When it's warm or whatever, you know, you get the typical, you know, you got sundry season, blah blah blah. But like when it's cold, cold, it'd be an unexpected amount of nakedness that's interesting to me. And I'm just like, wow, like y'all actually show out in this cold weather. You would you would actually think in the cold weather it was hot the way they dress, but that's neither here nor there. What you drinking on? I actually have some Maker's Mark in my cup. Oh. Because earlier when we, okay, so look, just for you guys that don't know what was going on, so this is the second time we're recording because <laughs> I'm an idiot and earlier when we recorded, my computer was trying to like do a, like a soft update and I was just ignoring it and it was all the signs of of a show that was about to be a disaster and I just kept ignoring it and we got about 35 minutes in before everything just shut down and uh, I guess on Jay's side I had pretty much froze and he was like yeah there's no saving this episode so here we are we're on their second recording so for us it's a bit redundant but I feel like in a sense we're professional so we'll be okay Um, but anyways man just to pretty much pick up where we left off because that's basically what we're doing um, first of all how's the weather over there I didn't I'm being selfish I didn't even talk about your weather hey we we, we stay hovering right above freezing so we're staying in low, like those it's it's 40 degrees right now the low tonight is going to be 37 so ain't got no no okay, worry good, about yeah. No freezing rain or any of that stuff going on. We did have snow in our forecast for a while, uh, but, you know, that rolled on and rolled along. So, you know, like I said, it snowed more in deep east Texas than it snowed in Charlotte in the past 18 months. Yeah, I mean, I want to say that for Texas weather, it's been been an interesting year. I mean, it's been an interesting season because I swear – it snowed like in the Dallas Fort Worth area like a month or two ago. And it's just, it's kind of amazing to me that people forgot that fast that it snowed not too long ago. Um, but I could be tripping. I just know that it's, it hasn't been too long since I've seen some Texas snowmen on my Instagram newsfeed. So, and some yeah. legit snowmen too. Yeah, they were. They were. I want to say definitely less than a year ago, but then like a couple of months ago, at least like, you know. I think you were you felt like New Year's or around New Year's it snowed, but once it's so it'd be so hard to remember because if you get you get freezing temperatures and then forty eight hours later you can go to the pool, <laughs> like you can go to the fucking beach, you know what I'm saying? So it, I understand people you know get kind of forgetful, but like I mean we're, we 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 here at No Boundaries have always said if you stay ready you ain't got to get ready. So all this last-minute panic 
I just think that it's a bad example for our kids because our kids shouldn't have to see us rummaging and running around in on 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 hazardous roads trying to get water. Like, come on, man. Come on, man. You ain't got no water. You ain't got water. You ain't got toilet paper. Like, what y'all doing? And and the thing, get not shit together. Y'all are adults. Not only going into you know this snowy bad weather that's been on people's mind for I would say a week plus now, at least a week, but a week plus. You want to wait till the last minute to go get you some necessities that's gonna hold you. Like already, you know, it's the weekend, so families typically do their grocery shopping on Saturdays. You know, nobody's at work. You know, you have the, this is their free time to go grocery shopping, whatever, what have you. Knowing the heightened anxiety that's coming across the area, why you just get serious about stuff now? Because it's a fake serious. You are never. You're not. You're still not even serious. You think you still think that it's bullshit. So in a sense, you're like, let me just go through the motions because it makes sense, you know. But at the end of the day, I mean, if you genuinely care about something, I feel like you're consistent about it. And when you're consistent about something, you're gonna be ready for it. It's it's gonna be nothing to you, you know. That's that's just my opinion, you know. I, I, I was curious about, you know, after, like, seeing the I-35 incident, I was wondering, like, how much of a notice those people had that, the ro- that those roads were going to be like that. Like, did people under underestimate it? Did people downplay it? Or did the DFW area get a fair amount of warning that, hey, it's going to be risky to drive today? And, I mean, to the back of my mind, I kind of feel like they knew what was up. And... They went out there anyway, and I just really feel like after seeing that, I would hope that in the Houston area or any area that has been considered a disaster area, I would hope, I would hope that people chilled out, especially with the influx of people that work from home. I really hope. I mean, influx of people that work from home, all the school cancellations, it's President's Day, so tomorrow people don't even need to be out for much anyway. I understand people being out tonight because tonight is a special night for a lot of couples. So, um, yeah, you know, I just really hope people not necessarily use common sense, because we already know common sense ain't so common. I just hope people just realize that today, for the next couple of days, more than ever, we have to be cautious. We have to take safety as a consideration. But then again, we are dealing with a society of people that, had to be, that have to be constantly reminded to wash their hands. So... So, At the end of the day, so, everybody be safe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. For yeah, to simplify it, to speak about simp- to speak about simplifying. I kind of got a question of the day, question of the week, so to speak. But before we get into those polls that you had on your IG, uh, I mean, it was a personal text, but you know, somebody pretty much asked me, you know, hey. How do you feel about somebody telling you happy Valentine's Day, even if they don't know if you celebrate Valentine's Day or if you would recognize Valentine's Day as a real holiday? Because, you know, we live in a society where people just automatically assume that everybody does the same thing. And like I was telling you earlier, it's like if somebody just came up to you talking about happy Kwanzaa, 
and you know, <laughs> especially if it was a person that didn't look like you, told you happy Kwanzaa, <laughs> like, would you feel like kind of offended or insulted? Like, me personally, like, happy Kwanzaa may be a little too far, but happy Valentine's Day, I just kind of feel like as a single person, I have no reason to necessarily acknowledge Valentine's Day or to celebrate it. But at the same time, like I'm not going to be rude about it if somebody were to tell me Happy Valentine's Day. What's your experience with the whole Happy Valentine's Day randomly, the text that you might get from time to time? Well, see, me, I'm a year-around Grinch. Like, nine times out of ten, every day is just another day to me. But even given that, I try not to steal people's joy. So if you send me a text message that says Happy Valentine's Day, I will send you one back. If you send me a, a gift, I will send you one back. Like, but like you said, as a single person, why are you telling me this? If you're a, if you're a single person and you're telling me this as another single person, why are we why are we telling each other this? And like I mentioned earlier, I feel that this quote unquote holiday is reserved for those people who have not quite made that commitment to be in a relationship with each other. But you're making your intentions more clear, like for single people means absolutely nothing for married people, people in relationships. I would assume that you show your partner some kind of love and affection throughout the whole entire year so that this one day shouldn't be something that's so monumental to express your love because you've been doing this all the time. So I really think this quote unquote holiday is designed for people who are trying to get into that serious committed relationship. But as for me and caring about you sending me happy valentine's day it's sweet that you thought of me i think you thought of me you know kind of like when you get those happy thanksgiving texts or those merry christmas texts where people are just going through their phones and just texting everybody that they regularly text or something like that you know i don't i don't i I don't know like i don't i don't get a sense of excitement when i get that text message okay i'm gonna throw you a curveball something that we didn't talk about last time um can you tell me about one of your Valentine's Day experiences in the last, you know, few years that you've that you experienced that was memorable, worth talking about? <laughs> See, you, you thought this was just gonna be a rerun. I can't just give you a rerun, Jay. I gotta, we gotta come with something fresh because eventually you are gonna get bored. So let me go first. I'm gonna give you a chance to think. For people that look at me like this spiteful, bitter person, Valentine's Day actually means something to me if I'm in a relationship. I agree. And the weird thing, the weird thing about me was I remember it was I was I was well like I was maybe 25, 26, probably one of the last times I actually recognized Valentine's Day on a serious note. I took my ex out, and like she was fucking surprised. Like I took her out like. Like, when I say surprise, surprise, she was so surprised that when I took her out, we, like, we had a decent time, but, like, by the end of the night, it basically was on some Malcolm and Marie type shit. Like, it was, like, I think the the point, like, we, like it didn't, we didn't, I, I don't argue like that. It was probably one of the fat, last times I ever argued like that in my life. 
But it was to the point where I remember the main reason she was mad was because she didn't get to get ready because she didn't know I was going all out like that. <laughs> she was like, I'm just dressed down and chill and you took me to this spot and like you're ready for it. Like I wouldn't I wouldn't overdress or anything like that either. But I mean I was I mean I was dressed up, but like I wasn't tripping because to me it wasn't about her necessarily being ready. It was more about her being surprised and enjoying the moment per se. And I remember by the end of the night, it, that ruined Valentine's Day for me forever. Cause I was just like, dang, like I really went out of my way to do this. <laughs> and and I mean, obviously it's Valentine's Day. We're going out and do what you want to do, you know, dress how you want to dress. Cause at the end of the day, you're with me. You're not up there to impress anybody else. And I remember by the end of the night, that was like the main, that, that was, that was it. Like, I feel like when you look at Malcolm and Marie, the reason Marie was so mad, it didn't really, you want to believe that she was mad because the story was about her and it was hijacked. No, she was mad because she wasn't picked for the role. That's why she was mad. She got stepped over. Bottom line, and my the, girl was mad because she didn't get to get ready. I'm surprised. Go that ahead, you, I'm, actually, I'm surprised that you even watched the movie. But yeah, because I told you, I gotta throw curveballs at you. Because it, it started with it started with the whole, um, you know, you didn't thank me, and you know, everybody else saying, "Oh, I noticed he didn't thank you and everything," and it's like, but like you said, it it, it was a deeper level because not only did he not thank you, he told your story got critically acclaimed for telling your story and then didn't cast you as the person to tell your own story. Bruh. He was wrong. I, as a man, I can admit he was wrong for that. But in the end, it really wasn't just her story. But I can say after watching A Marriage Story and she was mad if you remember, Scarlett's character was because she wasn't casted in the guy in her husband's story. Like, that's like, damn. And I just, you know, just for people to understand, like, when um when whatchamacallit, when Tim Burton makes movies, he's putting his wife in his movies. He's not taking that chance. You know what I'm saying? Like, Helen Bottom Carter is gonna be in those movies. Like, you know, that's his girl. She's gonna be in those movies. There's no doubt about it. And people just gotta understand, like, boys ain't taking that chance. I even think Ron Howard does that at times when he puts his daughter in his movies. It's like, I'm not gonna be, no, I'm not doing it. You gonna be in this movie because I know at the end of the day, yes, I married you, I'm with you, or we're cool. Because I I forget Tim Tim Burton and, and Helen's uh, relationship, but they're pretty freaking close. And at the end of the day, as a man, especially in your position of power like that, like the first option is your wife, the first option is your girlfriend. I'm sorry, like you fucked up if you don't choose that person. And the crazy thing about it, and this may not be crazy, this might be me reaching. And whenever I do the 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 edits, I, I might I might cut it out. I ain't gonna put no holding music on because I don't want JJ coming to look for me. But gotcha. <laughs> is it because? It blew up without them. So 100%. this is the this is the the safety valve. I'm gonna put you in it. So no matter we sink or we swim together, 
But if I were to do something and it blow up and you not be a quote unquote, not be a part of it. I know you're a part of it in other ways, but to not have a role in it where people, a visible role in it. Dog, pay attention to Hollywood. Zack Snyder does it. Zack Snyder, if he executive produces something, Deborah's right there. Like, <laughs> they're not taking those chances. <laughs> no matter how much talent that other person puts forth, like, hey, we a team. We in this together. Nolan Brothers, they the same way. Like, they just, I mean, it, at the end of the day, it becomes a family business. You got to, I, I actually kind of have to agree with it. Because like you just said, we sync together. Like, that's the whole notion to me of being best friends, of being friends. Because it becomes, it's not even just business. It's we sync or die together. Like, we're in this together. We're ride or die. I, I get it. I get it. That's my favorite catchphrase. So. I get it. <laughs> <sighs> I like when you're not prepared. <laughs> I'm, it, it, now, 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 my sh- my thoughts are shooting in, in twenty thousand different ways now. Because, like, I, I was I was trying to recall the earlier episode to make sure I stay stay on that same track. But now, now we've derailed the train, so to speak. We sure did. <laughs> but. Yeah, I, I, I got nothing. I got everything, <laughs> but I got nothing at the same time. But it's 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 the thing because you know um, you may not know this because you don't pay that much attention. But when when DJ Khaled made uh, I want to say it was like Father of Assad or something, he listed his son as the executive executive producer. Um, Nas Nas made an album. He put his daughter as as a, as an executive producer. I think. Blue Ivy has those features where, you know, she might just be in the background crying as a baby or she get on and just do some random spitting, but she's getting these credits. Get those royalties. You're getting these royalties. royalties. So, again, the black community, we're behind times of, you know, keeping it in the family. But at the same time, you're starting to see that trickle-down effect. And I'm trying to think, um, who's Angela Bass's husband? Don't give me the line. I'm about to do my Googles real quick. Though. I didn't even know she was married. I'm be 100 with you. I might, I might have her mixed up with somebody else, but I want to say it's like Vance somebody. But I, I, but at the same time, they're both successful. But I don't think they they do roles together. They do a lot of movies together. But you know that's yeah, that's Courtney a, B Vance. Courtney B Vance. That's who it is. And they they I don't I don't to my knowledge I've never. I didn't know she was married to that guy. You didn't know? How long they been? Hold on, hold on. No, damn, I didn't know that. The marriage is 19. 19- 1997, damn, I didn't know that. Yeah, he's yeah. a pretty solid actor. Yeah, yeah, I, I like him, and that's the only reason I know because I like them both. But you know, I was like, oh, you know, you 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 watch somebody you like, you start you know kind of digging into their lives and stuff like that. But you know, we typically don't see those people together. Like for the longest time, DJ Khaled, every time he put out a single, he made sure that Rick Ross was on it. Um, Jermaine Dupree always still throw Lil Bow Wow and stuff. He still throw Mariah Carey and stuff. Like th- those loyalties are running deep, and you know, although although that ain't quote unquote family, you know, you're sticking to your core. You're sticking to to your best friends or whatever. Yeah, that consistency, man. I mean, I, like I said, man, I had somebody ask me earlier, man. Like they, lived, they it was a real broad question. I'm pretty sure because it's Valentine's Day. She was like, you know, because you know, coming from a male perspective, she was like. <laughs> It's funny how women always tell, you know, from a male perspective, how do you know a man loves you? And it's like, you know, that's a broad question because I can't speak for every man. But like at the end of the day, 
I really feel like when you start begging for stuff, you know something is wrong. Like you don't, you shouldn't have to beg for anything. And like a man knows, the woman is just gonna have to kind of assume. But at the same time, when you catch yourself begging for stuff, that's a bad thing. And that's why I really liked your poll question about, you know, is it basically a requirement or do you think it's necessary for your spouse to be your best friend? And I like that question because, you know, obviously I feel like in a sense it's necessary. I feel like when you actually establish that friendship or you establish that somebody's your best friend and like that there's like a there's like a real bond there. I feel like there is no denying that there is going to be some success to it. And I also feel like there's there's no reason to feel like I mean, how many of your friends stress you? I mean, besides it. <laughs> <laughs> I got I'm not gonna lie I have a couple of friends that that tend to stress me out just being oh, yeah. honest okay. just okay. being honest I and and and, and Ed, Ed stretches me it stresses me out for different reasons you know that's that's my boy at the end of the day but I do have a couple of friends that stress me out and to the point where it's like why do I even communicate with this person <laughs> why do I call you a friend if you just stress me out I guess I'm I guess I'm a somewhat easygoing guy and most of my friends, I, I can, you know, say most of my friends really don't get me to a point that a woman could or even my mother or even my son, because it's just different. So when you're talking about friends, best friends, like I really feel like when I'm with my friends or people that I consider like best friends, like what well, I'm, I'm hanging with you, I'm hanging with, you know, one, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't think like I don't put myself in a position like, oh, yeah. Like, I'm coming around you guys, and I know you guys are going to piss me off. Like, I, it doesn't get like that. Like, if you're on some chill shit, it's pretty down to earth, and we talk. It's cool. It's easy going. I ain't saying I would marry you guys, but at the end of the day, you would definitely want, whether you don't matter, to, you know, it's 2021, depending on which way you rock. If I'm with a woman... I definitely would want a woman that brings that same type of vibe around. Obviously, I don't want her to be on the same type of masculine conversation as we would be on or rocking, you know, back and forth ideals like that. But in my opinion, I have to look at that woman as somebody that, like, I can trust. I don't have to second guess. They're reliable. They don't stress me the fuck out on a consistent basis. Because like you said, friends can't stress you out. But I feel like, once again... When I peep these modern day relationships, i.e. Malcolm and Marie, see me personally, I'm going to be honest with you. I see films like, it took me two days to watch it. I see films like that and I get annoyed. Only because, how do I say this? The one thing, the one aspect of that movie that I did enjoy was the fact that it made fun of itself. It definitely made fun of itself because it basically talked about really not having a message. It, It was a movie really about nothing. But at the end of the day, people can relate because everybody's been in a toxic, a toxic, everybody's been in a, a pretty heated argument with the male or female, whatever. But if I'm being honest with myself and I'm looking at those two, I don't think they're best friends. Like, I don't think that they can call themselves best friends. They, they could get there. But the, I think for the most, go ahead. There was that glimpse of when he was like, oh, the review's in. And like, all right, we put the weapons down. Like they put the weapons down for a short second to talk about the review. So that's that's what that's kind of like. A, a, that's like this is toxic, but at the same time, this is natural to them. 
which is really, really kind of like, it's it's kind of, it, it, that's where to really, to me, put it into the perspective of modern day relationships. Because I'm sitting there, I was like, yeah, I didn't say some of that Malcolm shit before. It's like, yeah, I didn't say some of that Marie shit before. And then at the same time, you sit there and you may like, think I'm bullshit. Jay, you may think I'm bullshit. I promise on everything I love. And like, I know, I know women that I've dealt with in the past that have, have that listened to this show. I promise on everything I love. I've never said nothing that mean to anybody in my life. I've never gotten that low. No, 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 no. That's no. interesting. I ain't judging you. I'm just saying that that's interesting though. Oh, oh well, okay. That boy was cutting deep. Let, let, let you me. cut deep like that, bro? Let, let me, let me, let me be more clear. I haven't sat there and told a woman yet. No. Yeah, you know, I was, I was, I was blowing this bitch back out at the airport hotel. You know, no. I'm, I, I, I've never been Heart there. Yeah, heart-shaped I'm, tub. Yeah, I'm. <laughs> Wait, if there was a heart shaped tub, that lets me know. <laughs> in 2021, you should have been there. In 2020, you shouldn't have been there. <laughs> Actually, you should have been there no time before two, 2003. If we keeping it a million. Heart shaped tub, straight up. But that ball was But it, but you, I noticed the level of pettiness, like him sitting there eating the mac and cheese and still kind of going in at her, you know, taking those little jabs. I've I, I, I've done that, you know. It's like, you know what? I'm still gonna poke the bear. I'm a, I'm gonna keep poking the bear. I'm gonna keep poking the bear. And I've also been been Marie, where it's like, no, you said you wanted mac and cheese. I'm making you the mac and cheese. That's what I'm doing. I don't want to talk about it right now. I just want to make you the mac and cheese. Like I've been there before too. That that's what I mean about I, I've been in those experiences. But I've never said anything to somebody just to hurt them. I've never have. I've never just wanted to just stab a knife into you for no reason. I just I don't remember doing that. Like I've I've we talked about this off air. It's something I've always I've been working on, and one of the main reasons I'm single is because. Like you, a fellow Capricorn, we could be passive aggressive. So for me, my passive aggressiveness is probably the hardest I've ever cut. Like, if you get me to the point where I gotta like butcher you with words, you're never gonna talk to me again. I will I don't like people pulling me out of who I am. Like when I have to stoop alone, when I have to get out of my character for you in a negative way, that's a problem. You're not good for me. And, then, and this is talking about a dude that, that has, you know, I have a, a, a quote unquote babe mama. We we've been there, but We've been there on some real shit. And that was years ago when I was way younger. Seeing two grown people do that and so many people sharing this movie from as a from a relatable uh context, I'm like, damn, it's really sad out here. Really sad out here. But go ahead. And and as a Capricorn, I know you're you are an observer. Like you 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 watch a lot of stuff and you may not necessarily comment on stuff. So if and when you ever decided to go to that point, it would just be a calm dismantling of somebody's ego their characteristics or anything it won't be yelling there won't be any cussing it'll just be a clear concise complete degradation straight up hey man you're right and i've I've had people say things to me that warranted those type of responses and I felt, in a sense, I just took the high road and just was like, whatever. And just, once again, did went the passive-aggressive route. You ain't talking to me again for 18 years. And you come back around, you know what I'm going to do? I'm not going to block you. I'm not going to ghost you. If you want to come back around and, you know, enter my life, so to speak, shit, I'm going to welcome you back. But I'm going to remember what you did. I ain't never going to forget. Oh, well, EF is like an elephant. My memory <laughs> is immaculate when it needs to be. Cause, because I can be petty in that way. 
but I can't be petty like they were like Jesus Christ. Like they were just Good like Lord. I want I like, want to make you cry. I want to make you hurt. Yeah, I just don't see a lot of love in that. But I could be wrong. Maybe that that's maybe that's the evolution of relationships. And that's kind of what made me I saw so many people because I saw the ratings for the movie and I'm like, okay, they're not that good. But then I see most of our people re reposting and saying, oh, I mean, this is the movie to watch. And I'm like, okay, this is interesting because I mean, obviously, like I said, you watch Marriage Story, you get context from that. And I felt like it was only fair to watch this movie because I watched Marriage Story and I watched other stories, but I felt like Marriage Story and Malcolm Marie, you could look at those two and be like, okay, this is interesting. I mean, you're looking at different i mean the, the the one things that i felt like aligned was the fact that like i said you're looking at two directors and that was interesting to me i was like huh netflix is doing it again you know you know two directors going through a hard time with the fiance wife girlfriend type you know fortunately no kids were involved in this particular one but malcolm and marie was obviously more artsy but marriage story in a sense was much more painful marriage story was very painful and a lot of people probably don't remember Marriage Story, but that motherfucker was painful. Marriage Marriage Story to me was a, a was a methodical manipulation of the situation. Whether whether Scarlett Johansson's whether Scarlett Johansson's character willingly knew she was manipulating the situation like that, or she was just doing it subconsciously, and a lot of, and I think a lot of people do stuff subconsciously to go down another track like a lot of people subconsciously don't realize that they lack empathy a lot of people subconsciously don't understand that they are like they 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 are they lack caring they lack understanding yeah yeah just yeah the, the things that people do it becomes so much a part of them that they would justify it as well that's why they don't even recognize it they 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 justify it by basically feeling like it's the right thing to do. It's like, motherfucker deserved this, so I did. That's what I did. Like, nah, fam. Like, when you're being evil, no matter, when you're being evil, malicious, whatever you're doing, it ain't right. It ain't funny either. That's why I constantly, since the, since the inception of the No Boundary Podcast, I keep telling people, like, if you know that your self-awareness is on the lowest level, you might just need to stay single because that's not only protecting you, but it's protecting other people. It's like basically people in prison. You're in prison because we're trying to protect these streets. You are a danger to yourself and society. High key. And it is like that a lot of times. I ain't talking about people in jail for cannabis. I'm talking about real live people that probably should be in a psych ward. They are a danger to themselves and they are a danger to the community. There's a lot of people out there that are a danger to themselves and they're a danger to the dating world. They need to remove themselves from the market <laughs> because it's so I'm straight up, bro. Like people be cracking jokes, but like if you're the type of woman that's running around talking about, you know, some real hot get hot girl shit, give a fuck about a nigga, you should not be dating. You should be off the market. Like remove yourself from the market. Go go twerk and 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 be out smoking with your friends. Do your thing. Fine. When dudes approach you, deny them access. Cool. Do not date if you're a real hot girl. Give a fuck about it. Please don't. <laughs> Speaking of uh, of something else, we weren't going to get into. Um, it's that that Twitter thing I sent you last night, where you said where you said you felt dumb after reading it. Oh Jesus Christ! 
If you want to go read it, go ahead, man. I'm not going to read it. I just I just kind of want to summarize it for for the list. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Because okay, can this... you do me a favor and let me know who the who shared it as far as the responder and the respondee who shared it? The whose text message we'll be looking at. We are looking at a text message thread between a woman and a man, of course, and the woman shared it. This is her this this is her conversation. And so it talks about um let me see where it starts here. She she asked him what are his intentions with her? Perfectly fine question, I think, in my opinion. What are your what are your intentions? Are you are you here to hook up? You here to be in a relationship? You know what are your intentions? And so he got, he beats around the bush. I give you that he beats around the bush. So then he's like, "I'm trying to be bad with you. I'm single and I'm not seeing anyone." You know, very indirect. So she goes, "So you just want to fuck, casually date, or do you potentially want a relationship?" Again, establishing, you know what what she wants. I have no problem with it thus far. None. Mm-hmm. And again, he's still being very coy. Talking about yeah. he's making money moves. He doesn't have a lot of free time. She said, you know, that's not an option. Pick one. He's like, they could all be. He said, those could all be in options. But I'm horny and it's been a minute. So now there is your clear intention. I'm trying to fuck. I'm trying to smash. And she goes, well, you should have just said that at first. He says, well, we're still in the first stages. Then she goes off the reservation. Hey, it don't matter. You doing all these subliminals. You know, you don't have intentions of trying to actually like me. This, that, and the other. And he's like, well, you know, you put me into a corner to, to you know, to tell you what my intentions were. These are my intentions. And then he goes, you know, but last night I thought you were telling me, so I decided to ask you for telling me, you know, that you wanted to hook up. So I asked you for your number. And she's like, I mean, if I weren't interested, I wouldn't have gave you my number. But I wanted to fuck you then. It would have been pretty clear. So basically, she's saying she don't want to hook up with him. He's like, all right, cool. I guess I can't get what I want. I'm not trying to make this a one time deal, though. We can hang out also. So he's like, hey, I'm trying to crash these cheeks, right? But at the same time, if this grows into something, I'm open to that. Then she goes, nah, you can't get what you want. I'm already um, in a situation with somebody else anyway. Somebody else already fucking me. I don't need to add you to it. And he just says, that's real. So. Hey, look. Look. Man, like I said, man, I, when I when I read that, I, I did lose a couple. Of, I, you know, I my notches, the IQ notches, they went down a bit, man. Because in the end, I don't know how you feel about it, but I'm gonna just get my feedback on that whole situation. Look, man, women know wholeheartedly that if a dude comes out, if a dude just walks up to you in a bar or wherever and just says, "Hey, little mom, I'm trying to smash. What's up?" There's a 98.9% chance that that's not going to lead anywhere because of the fact that one is disrespectful and you don't, he doesn't, he can't be certain that you want to do the same thing. So, I mean, that, that's just two right off the back that I can freestyle. 
okay, now, if I'm able to get your number and we can have a conversation, then I'm going to do what I need to do in order to get to that point if that's all I want to do. Because like we said on episodes prior, most human beings are opportunists. You know, to have sex with somebody that you're physically attracted to is pretty simple. Like it's, you know, that's what I want. I knew I wanted that the, the minute I saw you because that's the real love at first sight because there's no love at first sight. There's a lust at first sight. So when you lust for somebody and then you see them, you're like, okay, I'm trying to get that ass. This just like me. when women see a lot of these celebrity, you say, I'm just saying, when women see a lot of these celebrity men that they adore, they know that they don't have to meet these guys in order to have sex with them. And this I don't have to give no examples. Women know exactly. <laughs> women know exactly the men that I'm talking about. So this I understand that a woman wants to be approached with more respect. But to ask a man, you know, hey, um, I'm trying to get to what your intentions are. And let's 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 keep in mind she's already getting dicked down by somebody else. So what she's attempting to really do is monkey branch. This that's the only up. reason she's <laughs> that's the only reason she's entertaining this new guy because the situation she's in, yeah, it could go somewhere. It doesn't have to go somewhere. But this new guy, he might be boyfriend material. So. I've already let this other guy get in, you know, get in. He's in. I'm gonna make this new guy work a little bit harder to get to where this guy is, and then we could possibly get somewhere. It's all games. Like they all everybody y'all all know what y'all doing. The thing about it is, once again, the man in the situation has to be more politically correct to get to his goal. It sucks, but it's the truth. Like you have to bullshit a woman. You have to bullshit a woman in order to get to the goal of getting that ass. Like I have, he can't I've been told miss. you this. <laughs> I've told you numerous times. There are plenty female friends, quote unquote, of mine that if they gave me the opportunity, I would be a homosexual to pass it up. But He's the fact of the matter fire. is, I'm a heterosexual man, and I'm not gonna pass it up especially if I know that this woman I'm dealing with can handle the situation, which people term situationships, but whatever. Mama, there whatever. goes that man. <laughs> whatever. If y'all want to pretend like men are just dogs and don't don't know. No, we know exactly what we're doing. We just know the type of game we got to play and get where we want to get. But that's that's where I stand on that text message sequence. It, it was a bunch of nonsense. She put that on Twitter for what? For attention, because Twitter is Twitter, just like most social media he platforms, is just for attention. Be stopped, <laughs> bro. What the thing, thoughts, the, bro? the thing to me about it was, granted, I understand. I like I said, he was beating around the bush. She trying to get get to get to the point, and like you said, a man he has to basically beat around the bush. Cause you know to find out if you're game or not, a woman could walk up to a man and say, "Hey, I'm trying to fuck with you down," and you can know right away. And your cho- your answers are probably more more probable than a man's answers, no matter how how attractive you are. Cause y'all like to portray men as these horny mans, that these horny things that just can't keep their dick in their pants. And depending on Same where you're at, yeah, depending on where you're at, you know, you you you're, you're, that's probably accurate. You did all of this. 
for, like you said, attention. And and the caption said, "What this man is thirty four years old." Oh shit! I, I got out of it. Yeah, yeah, he's thirty four. Uh, yeah, I saw that. And it's like, okay, how how old are you? Does 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 age really matter? Like, hey, just because he's not like, all right, this is where I'm going in. My intentions are to fall in love with you, and you know, do all of this, and possibly have sex with you on the back end after we're married, and you know, like this, this, and this. No. You fall in you fall in lust at first sight. So yeah, I see you. Damn, she got a fat ass. I'm trying to crack those cheeks. What's good, ma? I got your number. Obviously, you're interested. But then you find out that man, look, I'm just trying to fuck. Nah, I ain't trying to have it. I got somebody that's already just fucking. So why are you even entertaining me? <laughs> you're waiting for me to come in and say, man, I'm trying to give you the world. So like, oh, okay, cool. Well, let me put you to one and let me put this nigga that I'm just fucking to one A so you can take me out. You can show me things that no nigga's ever shown me before. And then you drop me off at the house and then he pulling up 15 minutes later and he's blowing my back out. Bruh, do you understand how much of a monkey branch situation that is? You know how secure that is? She's in a situationship getting throat baby and she's expecting me to come in and show her this this beautiful world that's like literally think about it this is the same woman that'll tell you you gotta wait 90 days or some shit i'm waiting 90 days genuinely while you getting digged down by jamal like come on like that's crazy and that's happening everywhere across the board and you want me to to approach this situation politically correct no I'm going to approach this situation for what it is. I'm going to test drive this car. And if I don't like the test drive, then I don't want to get to know it more. Simple and plain. Bottom line. And they, people, people, both women and men, but mostly women, they walk away from these situations feeling so hurt. But I've said it time and time again. Women want sex just as much as men. That's why they have those monkey branches situations to where they're getting consistently dicked down. Much props to the women out there that are trying to practice safety. But you and I both know that shit only lasts so long because once a woman tastes that forbidden fruit, yeah, she could go a few months. But let, let me let me let me say this. She can go a few months, but within those months, she probably got her toy with her. And I personally feel like just like a man masturbating. A woman using her toy. It's really the same thing. You're not really showing any true discipline. Yeah, you're removing the um, the aspect of human-to-human contact, that in- intimacy from it, but you're still relieving yourself. And the overall goal is to relieve yourself. When you're having sex with somebody, you're not having sex with them to fall in love with them. That is just icing on the cake. That's why people get so butthurt when they actually get with somebody that they actually click with on a like a mental level and spiritual level, and then they figure out they fit they tell themselves, Oh, this sex is trash. My ex was better. It's like, well, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> but, Go back to your ex. But but the thing is quote unquote making love and having sex are two different things. I can be having sex and be thinking about the triple double LeBron James had, you know, earlier tonight, how crazy that was. But I could be making love and it only lasts five minutes because I have a deeper connection to this person. This isn't just me getting my rocks off. This is me actually having an emotional bond going in with this person. And back to old girl, the only reason she is 
I guess, I, I can we say turned off? I would say turned off by his proposition is because she was the one in control of setting up the situation with Jamal. Yeah, this is my little fuck, mm-hmm. but, but whatever, you know, I come to, you know, we do what we do. Now that he's trying to use her as a quote unquote play thing or whatever you want to call it. Oh, no, 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 no. You're not going dis- to disrespect me like that. The only person going to disrespect me is me. And I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if you remember that um that Kevin Samuels where he was talking to old girl and she's like, you know, I got to have a man to make six figures and do this. And, you know, he can't, you know, I and then he still has to wait for 90 days or however long. And he says, you know, oh, does your baby daddy make uh, six figures? Did you make him wait? So you telling me that a higher value man would need to wait, but you gave it up to a lower value man. You know, within a matter of days. Like, where's where's the logic to that? Look, I've told you this before. Let me just kick some red pill knowledge for y'all. There's, that's a scenario. It's called um, beta fucks alpha. It's called beta bucks alpha fucks alpha beta bucks. So basically what it is is the alpha male can pretty much come in, swoop in, and pretty much he, f- from a physical standpoint, the alpha male can come in and pretty much do what he wants with less effort. And then the the beta, so to speak, has to come in and put in more work based on the fact that it's a possibility that he may not be physically appealing, but he may be more financially appealing. So what Kevin Samuels is basically saying is, I mean, once again, you're taking you're thinking that everybody's stupid and people don't even realize these things because they're so delusional. But the fact of the matter is, I get it. It was less than it was less than first sight when you when you when you probably saw your baby daddy or on when you met him in life because you know like I said younger women that had kids when they were nineteen twenty years old they weren't thinking on that level they 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 was she was cool with Jamal when she was nineteen twenty you know Jamal slid in there at the right time bam bam but you're talking about over twenty five over thirty I'm sorry if you, the the women. And the men that are sleeping with each other, like a lot of it, it's it's by choice. Like, you know, obviously, you know, you have those 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 rape situations that happen. But let's not pretend that we're stupid and we don't know who we're sleeping with. You could go across the board and ask women about their one night stand, and those one night stands that they had, it was either they can blame it on inebriation, or they can just woman up and say, yeah, that nigga was fine. And I knew he wasn't shit, but I was finna give it up to him that night because that nigga fine. And I know that nigga ain't shit, but I knew that I probably won't go see him again. And at the end of the day, when that night happens, if a pregnancy happens, it is what it is. Now you're expecting this good guy to come through, Carlton, so to speak. He comes through, has his shit together, doesn't have any kids, making this 10K a month. And you're telling him that he has to wait because although... He's financially appealing. He's not physically appealing. So therefore, it's like, well, before you get in here and I, quote unquote, risk having a kid with you that I'm not going to be, quote unquote, pleased with, because I don't care what anybody says, people like beautiful babies. And that's the that's the longing when you're dealing with certain. That's my opinion. But when you're longing for a partner. And I, I really feel like this is why we have an influx in mixed kids. But uh, that's a conversation for another day. But at the end of the day, people love beautiful kids. 
If somebody thinks you're beautiful, they're going to want to have a beautiful kid with you. If they don't think you're beautiful, they're going to find that is some type of risk having a child with you. Am I mad at that? No. But I'd like to point out that that is a sort of eugenics, whether you want to believe it or not. So, yeah, I mean, there will be a lot of hoops for you to jump through if you're not physically appealing to them. You will need to do a lot more than than what the next attractive person would have to do. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a circumstance of living in a shallow society. Am I do I get sick of that? Yeah, but and we can sit. Women can deny it. Men can deny it. And, and just, you know, just to talk about men, like men at the end of the day, it ain't hard to strap up. And at the end of the day, it's not hard to have standards and abide by them. And I have seen a lot of men out there that have got with some mud ducks and have impregnated them. And it's like, damn, you know, I should, I was just out here just trying to get my rocks off. There's a price to pay when you're just trying to get your rocks off both of the, the side of the men and the side of the woman. But I do believe that women tend to be a lot more calculated than men because I guarantee you that that mud duck is very happy with the fact that she, you know, she, she got with Jamal because just as fast as Jamal can get with, you know, you know, Antoinette, you know, he, he'll get with that mud duck because that's just how, that's how men, that's how men type tend to play the game. And that's because men don't have a consistent set of standards and they lack discipline today. And that's a problem. I blame it on social media and porn, but who am I? I'm not a psychologist. <laughs> you just a nigga that be spit. <laughs> hey, I'm trying, bro. I'm trying. Like I said, I'm glad you introduced me to Kevin Samuels. I, I get the snippets that y'all get. I don't think I would be able to listen to him for a complete hour, an hour and a half. That type of content... I can only probably consume for like five minutes because he's not really telling me anything new. The funny thing about it is he be he be obliterating people. It is fucking hilarious. And he destroys men and women. When he told that man, when he asked that man, <laughs> why are you short and fat? <laughs> I was like, bruh. You can only control one or two of those he, things. You, you can only control one or two of those things. I mean, don't get it twisted. You can you can get some... You, you can wear, like, you know, platform shoes and increase your height by a little bit. Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. Mm-mm. But for the most part, you, know, you being overweight is, is something you can't control. But unfortunately, people tend to take a shortcut and they may take the dangerous route and they go into Dr. Miami and dropping off that seven to 12 grand or whatever. My thing is the one thing that is always going to be a consistent with men is your financial success, your financial success and your social credit. And that's something that we've been having the notes for a long time. Speaking of speaking about social credit and just to simplify social credit, they do this in China to basically where, you know, you do it. I mean, you, you see the episode of black mirror, with Bryce Dallas Howard, where mm-hmm. basically she had a social credit. And, you know, the amount of likes she had, the amount of views she had, all, you know, it's all going to be a reflection of how she's perceived in society. And to, to a certain extent, we already have a social credit. It's If, if a chick is, is sort of like, uh, I ain't really too into him, she may go to your social media pro- uh, profiles to see how popular you are. And then when she sees your social media profile and she sees that you have decent selfies, she sees that you travel the world, you're out and about, she's going to probably 
uh, assume that along with that, you have money as well. So it works in your favor. So that social credit and having money, no matter what type of man you are, that kind of helps. Same goes for women. Because I've seen some, in my opinion, women in person that were pretty unattractive. But they had that social credit. And they had that that uh, that financial stability that, you know, if a dude is a, a bopper or basically a gold digger just trying to secure a bag, he's going to go for it. Because... Like I said earlier, nowadays, people don't really care about being friends or best friend with somebody. They just want to be with somebody that makes them look good because we don't really live in real life. Like we live on the 2D platform, which is social social media. That that's that'll determine your worth. And 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 as much as a lot of it is uncontrollable, a lot of it is controlled. Like I mentioned with that movie um, that I watched last week, that fake famous you can you can make yourself up into this height, and people think that they can sp- excuse me they can sponge off of that clout that you've established, and it's like you know like I always say I tell you this all the time off air it's like know your audience know if you you have an Instagram audience know if you have a Twitter audience know if you have a Facebook audience some people are you know kings of Facebook and then nobody's on Twitter. So knowing your audience and directing people to where to consume you, that's like us telling everybody, you know, at the beginning, go listen to us on Google Play. Nobody fucking uses Google Play. So why would I tell you to go listen to us on Google Play? (laughs) SoundCloud and iTunes, and we love it. Yeah. And we love it. Yeah, I've realized that TikTok has has a more expensive base. Like, I've seen, like, a lot of people on TikTok that were, like, what they call TikTok famous, and they ain't shit on IG or anywhere else. TikTok seems like to be the one that has like the more more reach. Mm-hmm. I mean, probably because of the, Ch- the Chinese database, they probably have more bots following them than anything. I'm tired of those fucking bots. So tired of bots. Because I, I one of the things that I like about social media is I read the comments, and I mean, I read the comments just to reaffirm that people are stupid as they I believe they are. And um, yeah, I hate when I go into the comments and I gotta siphon through thirty freaking bots that are trying to sell vagina. Like, or to check, check out my music. I know nobody's going to click this, but if you know nobody's going to click I'm this, not, don't post this shit. Build a better bot. I'm not. And they, <laughs> they definitely pay for that. You're on the Sports Center page telling me about your music. I'm not going to go check that shit out. I'm not. I'm not. I don't think I've ever ha- I ever have. I just, like I said, I'd be, I be looking for real confidence, bro. Because I find, I find that to be like, the new way to really just like dig in to, to figure out what you know what people got going on. It's just it's just funny to me, man. Some of the comments, it's just hilarious. Like even with this Aisha Curry thing, like when I see her, wait, wait, the Aisha Curry thing? as a mother. Yeah, you didn't see her. Basically, she had the new photo photo shoot. Nope. See, you see how that works, bro. See how that works? Sometimes you just don't know things, Mr. Pop Culture. <laughs> but I but I but I, I, I but I will immediately go 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 check that reference for the material that we need to keep this show afloat. I do it for the people. <sighs> Fuck these people. Damn. <laughs> yeah, man, she you know, you know, I I'ma say it I'ma say it like I always say that Aisha Curry she's an attractive woman. There's no doubt in my in my opinion there's no doubt about that. But as a mother and a wife, it's just odd to me that everybody wants to be naked. 
<laughs> and especially naked to everybody else but their husbands. Um, Steph is okay with it. So it is what it is. I just thought that it's unique that we've come to this point. Like, I guess I brought it up because my next question was going to be like, what what happened to the whole wifey material, hubby material thing? Why did that die? Why is why is that non-existent? Because now when I'm just looking at these two, I'm on this 2D platform looking at all these naked women, it just gets me to think like they're reshaping what wifey material and the hubby material is. And I, I obviously somebody's out there going to be like, well, that, you know, being naked doesn't, I, I get that. But it's like, what happened to wanting to have that perception? And why is the perception basically changing to, you know, hey, if you want a wife, you have to be okay with the fact that she has a whole past. You know, like, like what? why? Why can't people just fucking chill out? To, to me, it's not even being like, oh, you have to be okay that she has a whole past. It's like, why does that have to be known? Like, it, it's like, you know, <laughs> men, you know, they men were supposed to be you know acknowledged as oh they were all whores so it's just accepted so there's a chance you might come across somebody that fucked your man like that doesn't have to be known like you don't you don't want you don't want the you don't want the dick facts i don't want the vagina facts i don't want to know you know every person that ran through here hey we're getting into something serious where i'm finna stop wearing a condom i need to know you're clean I need to know that if we're trying to reproduce, that's on the table. If we're not trying to reproduce, I'm put this condom back. Like I need to know, you know, where we at at that point of life. But to know that, you know, what you who you lost your virginity to, and then the next three guys after that, I don't need to know that. Especially not at how old am I now? Thirty three. I don't need to know that. How does that affect me now? I asked you earlier, bro. I mean, I would say up until about the nineties. I would honestly, deep down in my heart, I feel like your average man and your average woman, by the time they got out of high school, not by the time they got out of college, even if they went to a wild college, I would say their dating profile wasn't as extensive as the dating profile as a millennial. I feel like millennial men and women, by the time they're out of college, have dated way too many people. They've dated so many people that it's really scary to, to think that it's really almost naive to really think that they can really hold a true bond with somebody after dating so many people. And that's just me thinking along the facts of like, I would think it's easier to deal with somebody that has a past that's like, that's fairly small. Like, yeah, they've only dealt with 15, 10, 15 people in a span of eight to 10 years versus you said you got it fairly small people in, I found that reasonable because I'm looking at it from an aspect and I'm not even talking about sex. Mm-hmm. All I'm talking about is just dating because I feel like just dipping, just constantly dipping, getting to know so many different people, like going to date here, going to date there, going to date there. You meet so many different personalities. And the next thing you know, you done met 50 personalities. And once again, I'm not talking about sex. I'm just talking about just getting to know so many different men. When you finally get one that probably is good for you, you're sitting there thinking to yourself, well, this one guy, Anthony, that I with, he used to do this, and you don't do that, so that bothers me. And it's like, damn, you're trying to fit these 50 personalities into Samantha. Like, dude, like, 
chill out. Like, it, it's not reasonable to try to build this this robot of a woman, like, or this robot of a man. Like, nobody's going to encompass all of that. But I think your mind and your your um, your reason, your ability to reason is fucked up because you've dealt with so many people. And eventually you end up not knowing what you really want. That's that's my belief, and I think that's what that's what's really hard about the dating atmosphere. I say it all the time, man. So many options, man. It, it makes things really hard. And I and I think that you hit the, the nail on the head when you said you don't know what you want because you sit there and you want, man. If I could just get Stacy's personality into Sonya's body with with Jessica's hair and 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 Olivia's smile, it's like you know this isn't buildabitch.com. like. You know, you, you're set, you're setting yourself up for failure, trying to trying to inco- incorporate all these people, all these things that you want into one person, and and then comparing them to what you previously had. Man, comparison is the theft of joy. It is. It's been that for so long. If you just learn to get what's in front of you, and enjoy it for what it is, you'd be so much happier. I really feel like since we live in this upgrade culture, everybody is obsessed with having the next best thing. It's like, damn. And I, and it's really sad because, I, and I said it on the last episode, it's unnecessary pressure. Because I guarantee you, at the rate we're going, with so many relationships failing and going to divorce court or whatever, or just simply just parting ways, people getting ghosted, I guarantee you, if 80% of this shit was taken off of social media, if 80% of this shit was just taken from the eye of the public, shit would be a lot more successful because there would be no pressure there. None at all. There'd be zero pressure there. Keep people, there, there, is something, there is something beautiful about minding your own business. There's something, <laughs> it's something very beautiful about maintaining your own business. Just saying, man. Just saying. It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a lot of hakuna opinion. matata when you when it's only your business that you got to stay in. I swear it is. I swear it is. But eh, anyways, I think we didn't we didn't beat that in the head enough, man. At the end of the day, me and Jay, I don't know. I don't hundred percent know how you feel about Valentine's Day. I'm still waiting for your Valentine's Day story. I haven't forgot. When you come with one, I'm gonna need, need to hear. It. <laughs> Ain't gonna be no whole music either. That look on your face is like, bro, you're not kidding about <laughs> Dog. Look, man. At the end of the day, I don't knock Valentine's Day. I think it's a, I think it's a nice holiday. I'm, st- I st- I'm still confused about Valentine's Day. Don't really know what that's about. Uh, I believe Forever Alone Day is the day, the day after. Thanksgiving and Forever Alone Day is funny because, like I said, you get to get seventy percent off chocolate. But out here in the H, you probably gonna have to wait till like the sixteenth for these roads to uh, to clear up because it's gonna be dangerous out here, bro. I'm like, I'm already seeing people posting pictures of snow. People telling me they they uh they doorknobs frozen, all kind of stuff, man. So, like you said, man, be safe out there. <laughs> Them Chick Fil A nuggets ain't worth it, bro. And Chick Fil A probably gonna be closed anyway. Not Chick Fil A, but uh, they gonna get that money. Anyways, Chick Fil A gonna get that money. Capital at his best. Hey, what's your, so what's, what is your workout song? So right now, right? I, I I noticed this on Friday when I when I was in the gym. Um, 
I was it was it was my big cardio day, so I do I do like a full hour of cardio. And so first I started out on some podcasts and I was like, all right, this this just isn't working for me. I threw the I threw that that hustle and hove track on. I ran through that a couple of times. Like, okay, cool, but I really needed something that I was familiar with that was gonna get me pumped. So my workout track is on my own by Lil Wayne off the first Carter, but it has to be the screwed and chopped version. Cause I listened to the regular version. It's wow. just way too fast. I was like, I, I don't, but granted I heard the screwed and chopped version before I heard the original. So I'm, I'm my familiarity is with the screwed and chopped version. So when I go listen to the original album, I'm like, this whole album is just too goddamn fast. Like who, why, why are you rapping this fast? Like this just makes no sense. Why is, <laughs> why is the tempo this fast? Why didn't Manny slow this down? So, but that was, and I just, and I just put it on and it's, it's five minutes. It's almost six minutes. And I just ran it back like a good seven times in a row. It's just like, this is just, this is just getting me through my workout. And so I posed the question on my, on my IG, you know, what's, you know, everybody's workout song. And, you know, you know, shout out to my, um, my followers who responded absolutely nothing. (laughs) But you know why though? I got not, not a single, Hey, (laughs) I listened to Mariah Carey heartbreaker. I listened to. Whatever, I got. You know who nothing. has workout songs, right? Who got workout songs? You know who has workout songs? Look, I know you're gonna say some foul shit. <laughs> I ain't gonna work out. I ain't have a workout song could be on workout. Hey, you people have dreams, man. If, I, if this song make me want to go work out, I'm not gonna work out. But this song make me want to do it. Fucking eye of the tiger, <laughs> bruh. No, nah, man, my, my workout, my favorite workout song, I don't really have an all-time because it pretty much switches every, you know, couple of months. Shit, it was a point of time where Blue Magic was my favorite workout song. Uh, Lose Yourself was a favorite workout song. I think right now, I think what gets me going is uh, J. Cole's Motivate, though. I really enjoy J. Cole's Motivate. I could pretty much listen to it all the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, Tory Lanez has one that I like, too. It's like somebody, uh, I ain't been broken in a minute. And uh, that whole jams, I mean... I'm an up tempo guy, you know. If I'm, if I'm, believe it or not, I, I can be in there whole listening to R&B, you know, more than I'm listening to rap. So, it just all depends on my mood. But for sure, them two songs motivate recently. I can jam that. I can jam that. I think Nipsey does have one. I think, um, I think it was on the Marathon album. But you know, that's kind of how I am. And like I said earlier, I didn't answer the question because I didn't want to, you know, put no foolishness into your, uh, into your DMs. That's why I think somebody else, another. Another uh, friend of the show posed a question about what are you doing for Valentine's Day, and I didn't answer the question either because I'm like, you know, I don't, I don't want to be annoying, and I just was <laughs> in one of those moods where I was like, if I don't got nothing, if I don't have nothing uh, resourceful to say, let me just shut up, and I just looked at the responses. But I mean, for Valentine's Day, I mean, like I said, I'm, I'm a single guy. I have no reason to to really acknowledge it or celebrate it, so that question really wasn't for me. <laughs> it's one of those count me outs. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's the 14th. Uh, you know, it's the 14th, you know, it is what it is. Uh, I feel like I'm missing something, man. Hey man, if y'all haven't, if y'all haven't seen that, um, the, uh, the cat lawyer video, I'm telling you, man, <laughs> that's some of the funniest shit I've seen in a long time. I'm talking about tears, real tears came down my eyes, man. This dude was like, I promise you I'm not a cat. When he said that, bro, I was like, bro, his client is going straight to jail. I do not need this guy that cannot operate 
Zoom, Skype, Microsoft Teams, whatever that was, bruh. And that cat was so suspect. Like, did you see the cat's eyes? It's like <laughs> that cat looked like he was lying. <laughs> bro, that cat looked like I was like, bro, I don't know, bro. You might be a cat. But uh man, yeah, definitely check that out. Um, as far as uh recommendations go for like uh movies, I haven't seen, you know, the Judas and the Black Messiah yet. I, unfortunately, I watched Wonder Woman 84. I do not recommend that. Oh, I wanted um, to get you on that. <laughs> Tell me how you felt about Wonder Woman 84. I mean, to summarize it, it's one of the worst movies. It's one of the worst comic book movies I've seen in a long time. I really felt like it was rushed and thrown together. It really, the one of the parts that stuck out to me that really pissed me off. I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this again. You're not going to have a good comic book movie if your villain is weak. If you have a weak villain with very weak motivation and inspiration, you're not going to have a good movie. This is why Man of Steel, to me, was great because, um, whatchamacallit, Zod was, Zod was... Yeah, yeah, Zod was just beautifully executed, and even even Feora, the people that were with him were dope. That's why that's why Infinity War, the first one, was dope because not only Thanos was dope, but his his dark the the, the children were dope. Like, I mean, everybody likes Winter Soldier because Bucky was fucking dope. Like, like it was love, it, it was like, a, it was a bad guy you could root Killmonger. for. It's a bad yeah, guy you could root that's for. What Bang these movies. Bane, dog, the Joker, like uh, you, you, and, and at the end of the day, people, everybody may not love these movies, but you have to understand if you have a forgettable villain, you're going to have a forgettable movie. I personally think, and one was slept on because I think, you know, uh, B, I call him Killer B, I always forget his name, it's Yellow Jacket or whatever. I thought he was a pretty decent villain. I also thought Ghost from Ant-Man and Wasp was a decent villain, but she was, she was wasted. And I know that they know she was wasted because she's supposed to be coming back. But uh, bottom line, you can't have a comic book movie with a weak villain. Wonder Woman had two weak villains, in my opinion. I did. I got Christian Wig is actually a decent actress, and she really didn't even show any of her acting skills on that. Pedro Pascal, I don't know what the fuck that was about. They could have got some random white guy to do that role. And the fact that he had an Asian kid as a son, I'm still confused about that shit. <laughs> um, Chris Pond is a hell of an actor, but you didn't have to bring him back. You made it seem like Gal Gadot could, couldn't carry a movie by herself. Like, it was so much wrong with that movie. And then the whole trench coat horny guy, I'm gonna rape a chick in the alley. And, like, come on, bro. Like, I understand that we it's 2021 and you guys think all forms of masculinity is toxic, but come on, man. If you live in an area where a dude is hanging out in the alley in a trench coat and you got to walk that street every day and you ain't shot that dude yet, I don't know what to tell you. You ain't shot him or called the police or stabbed him or something. Something ain't right. It's, I just it's, hate it's, when... It's, some, it's a feeling there. Yeah, like comic book movies, in a sense, need to be like that's why people love the boys. I like the boys season one. I never, I still haven't watched the boys season two to this day. But I understand why people like the boys because in in some sense, it was realistic. So, don't give me this below twelve year. Like I feel like Shazam was for twelve. Shazam was for twelve year olds. I know people out there like Shazam. I didn't really care for it. I feel like it was for twelve year olds. Whatever. 
But if you wanted Wonder Woman to be marketed to 12-year-old girls, then you really could have went even a more different direction with that movie. Because I was more entertained by Frozen 1 and Frozen 2 than I was with Wonder Woman. And that says a whole lot. Just saying. It was a very weak movie. I don't recommend it. Um, and that's, you know, I, I hate to slaughter movies like that, but that, that movie's up there with The Dark Phoenix. And, um, yeah, that, The Dark Phoenix is pretty freaking bad. Talk about movies getting thrown together. That movie was thrown together. I mean, I don't even have to. There's a. I'm not even gonna mention Justice League and Justice League, the the uh, Whedon version. And I know you like Suicide Squad, but I'm sorry, like those movies just didn't do it for me, personally. Like, like, personally. like, um, was that Marcus Phillips said? Like, I don't, I don't see how people sat in the room and was like, yeah, this the one, this it, this, 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 this is it. Because I'm sitting there, I was like, okay, it's Wonder Woman '84 supposed to be in the 80s but instead of like an 80s kind of i'm trying i'm trying to think of what what was a good 80s a real 80s storyline yeah a real I mean, 80s storyline like about the 80s bro like go get go get the people that wrote chips War. like give me something like you gave me the people who did like three's company that's how, that's how i felt i felt like it was more like of a comical base than a serious kind of dramatic the world is on the line kind of feeling like give me some macgyver like i just felt like straight up i mean i mean they definitely should have consulted with you know the people that made it stranger things you know there there would be like you could have consulted with you know you could have there was there was definitely some consultants that were needed because I really didn't even get an 80s vibe from that movie yeah i saw 80s wear like i seen 80s clothing but there was nothing in it that significantly said told me, okay, this is the '80s. Besides a few Cold War references, and I'm guessing I was looking at Ronald Reagan. But all in all, the movie was shit. It was pure shit, and I don't even know why there's a part three even being talked about because they need to get this this release, this Snyder cut shit, and uh, uh, going. Because right now, for sure, DC's looking bad, especially when WandaVision was supposed to be a flop, and that bitch is, is, is doing pretty fucking good right now. Like, nobody had any type of faith in WandaVision, and it's actually pretty interesting. That was me. I had no faith, and now I know it. Bussing. You said it. I'm now talking about bussing. first text. Oh, man. You said what you said, man. 10 minutes into this. I can tell it's not for me. I was like, huh. Okay. And I just, I was just interested. And then as I went to watch, I'm like, well, I, they took a chance with part the first episode. But then it's like, where y'all going with this? It, it it keeps you in. It keeps you interested. And it's like, okay, MCU, they understand. They get it. But they they, they got it with, with Daredevil. I mean, they understood. Like, yeah. it's not really that hard. Just know your base. Know your audience. Read the room, people. It's, it's only as hard as you make Read it. Read the room. Pretty much. Pretty much. Um... Yeah, man, I don't need to spaz out on movies. People know how I get about movies. I guess I could recommend uh, this movie Red Dot. It's on Netflix. I think it's like it's an international movie, number seven in the U.S. It's fairly decent. The plot is not necessarily predictable, but I feel like the plot had some flaws to it. But um, nonetheless, I kind of like the ending. I like the ending way more than I like the ending of Little the Little Things because uh, I want to talk to the director of the little things and tell him something about himself. See, I thought you were okay with that ending. Fuck no. I thought when we talked about this, you were okay with that ending. Because I wasn't okay with it. The ending of the little things? That was terrible. That movie was horrible. 
That movie was horrible by the, just due to the fact the last 10 minutes were shit. Jared Leto had to carry that movie. He has a fucking Golden Globe Award for that shit because he carried the fuck out of that movie. He really did. Like, I mean, I mean a nomination, I mean, but, like, that movie was shit. And that movie was shit only because of the last 10 minutes. It kept me interested, but come on, bro, and, and fuck a spoiler alert. Look, you might have thought I was interested in because I guess I understood the ending, but the ending was terrible. Like, that was... Like, <laughs> That was weak as fuck, bro. Like I tell you people, man, watch go watch seven. Watch seven with Morgan Freeman and Bradley Pitt. I thought that movie was gonna end similar to that. And it didn't, and it kinda upset me. Like uh, on so many levels it upset me, but I guess overall, me trying to look at um what is his name, Rami Malif as as this yeah. this this, you know, hot shot new detective, I just didn't I just wasn't convinced. You didn't buy it, yeah. I didn't, I, buy, I, it I didn't buy it. Like I even, he's, I even bought Mr. Robot. I even bought Denzel, Rain Man, Denzel. Like he wasn't even Mr. Robot to me. He's sure. Freddie Mercury. Like that. That's... But but like I, I bought Denzel's. You know, Rain Man, Rogue Cop. Typical cop. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I, yeah. I bought that, but it's just like I just couldn't get over his character. Like he, I, like it looks like man, you look like your suit too big. Like. <sighs> Like even in the scenes where he was at home, I felt like his wife carried those scenes. Like she made him look like, oh, this is this is a family. Honestly, honestly, he when I, when I see him, I, honestly, I haven't seen um, the Freddie Mercury movie, so when I see him, I just see I just see Mister Robot, a guy that's super anti-establishment. I would never see him. I never thought in a million years I'd see him as a cop. But if they would have made him like an eccentric cop that was like on some Rain Man shit, I'd have bought that. But he's like this this Mr. Big Shot. He's he's Denzel. Yeah. He's what Denzel was prior. And I'm like, uh, I don't believe that. Because when I look at him, I always think you know, like a Sheldon Cooper type character. Exactly. Only so, like, I could even see him as a lawyer maybe. But like, once again, I would still want some some eccentricity to him, like he's just a weird guy. He his his he's weird. His eyes, his jawline, he's just weird. Just fucking weird. But anyways, we people don't know what the fuck we talking about. Enough of the Just like on Malcolm and Marie when they was referencing. <laughs> Boy, Malcolm and Marie, this dude. I'm talking about. He talk about shit that I know. Eighty percent of the audience is like, what is he talking about? I'm talking about all the pop culture references to movies. I'm like, bro. Nobody knows what you're talking. Only people they know Spike Lee and John Singleton. You lost him after that. Hockey. You lost him after that, like for real. Hockey. I'm just saying, I'm being honest. Because until he until he like said the movie, certain people, man, I'm like, oh, okay, I get it. And like, they were just saying things that to me, I'm gonna be honest with you. It felt like that movie was more along the lines of they kind of felt that their audience was gonna be mostly white liberals. Like, I really felt like black people could connect with the emotion, but the actual dialogue, that was on some, that was on some white liberal shit. Just, that's just my opinion. But all in all, I could even say Malcolm and Marie is worth watching. If you're not easily triggered, I was easily annoyed. But nonetheless, anyways, got words of advice, bro? It's getting late. <laughs> my words of advice on this lovely Valentine's Day. Just for sure, for sure. To both the ladies and the gentlemen, just make sure that you lust after those 
Insta thoughts and how you find them and you look at their page. You don't follow them, but you go to their page to see what they up to. Make sure you do that same to your significant other. Lust after them after you lust behind these Insta thoughts. Uh, I, I agree. I agree that, that that's important. Um, Cause at the end of the day, it's all about feeling loved. Um, I guess it's just where on that um, topic, I'm just going to say, I mean, just make sure that when you're trying to achieve something as rare and as important to some as like a loving companionship or loving bond that you try to remain consistent because consistency is very important. Um, and at the end of the day, you might have to come out of your character to do it, but if it's worth it, you're not even gonna, it's not gonna bother you. Because when you're doing shit for people that you love, i.e. your best friends, your friends, you never really feel like it's a burden. So when you're dealing with people and you feel like it's burdening you and it's bothering you and it's kind of stressing you out, maybe that's a red flag. Think about it. But yeah. <laughs> That's the Maker's Mark talking. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> that's all, that's all. Yeah, that's the that Maker's Mark got you pulling up from 40. I see, I see. <laughs> Boy hey, stepped in gym and he was in the range. I already know. <laughs> I wish I had it in real life, boy. I'm telling you, my shit's so trash. <laughs> mid-range, mid-range, I mid-range ass to death. But that three ball was trash. But look, man, y'all already know. We all know what you do on Spotify, but if you happen to be listening to us on Spotify, like how we share it, because Spotify has a cool interface, that's fine. You already know. We don't know what you need to do on there, but go and do that. SoundCloud, make sure you drop a comment. Make sure you follow us on SoundCloud. Make sure you follow us on IG, because I'm telling you, we'll, we, we will be doing IG Lives very soon again. And when we do them, you know, it's going to be it's gonna be a party. But uh, other than that, you already know iTunes is where it's at and uh google is trying to gina carano us she, they're trying to cancel us but it's all good because <laughs> they can't cancel us if we don't allow them to but um yeah we're not number one on google anymore we're not number one on google anymore they tell me i told you they try to cancel us about we gotta we gotta use some youtube music or some shit whatever i was talking about get the hell out of here man come on you already know what it is man thank you and you're welcome And with that being said, this has been the No Boundaries Podcast. Thank you for listening. But ever since the dawn of civilization, people have craved for an understanding of the underlying order of the world. There ought to be something very special about the boundary conditions of the universe. And what can be more special than that there is no boundary? (laughs) 